It's the seventh season of the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we welcome two of our new head coaches to Bates. Emily Hayes and Renee Olson are on campus and ready to lead the volleyball and women's lacrosse programs, respectively. That's coming up on the Bates Bobcast. Emily Hayes comes to Bates from Lewis and Clark College, where she served as the head women's volleyball coach for three years. In her first year at the helm of the program in 2018, she led a huge turnaround, leading the team to 13 wins after a two-win campaign the previous season. Hayes hails from Austin, Texas, and attended Hope College in Michigan, where she earned a bachelor's degree in classical studies in 2014. She initially played setter at Hope before becoming a student assistant coach. Now she takes over a Bates volleyball program with a strong tradition of excellence. Just to start, give the people an idea of what attracted you to come across the country uh, from Oregon where you're at Lewis and Clark to Bates. What isn't there to love about Bates being in the NESCAC, being at a, you know, amazing college in Maine. I will tell you, I wasn't necessarily expecting this move to happen, but um, it became apparent along the entire process and, um, you know, just meeting with, with everyone from the student athletes to the people that I met walking on, uh, you know, the sidewalks. It just was an amazing place and a special place to be and uh, filled with potential and, and greatness. Let's go back to when you were growing up. How did you first get interested in volleyball? Oh, taking it all the way back. Um, let's see. So I grew up in Austin, Texas, and um, I played a, a kickball is a real sport in Texas. So I played that from kindergarten growing up and then got into volleyball competitively in about seventh grade, which is pretty late, actually, in the grand scheme of, you know, people that are playing collegiate volleyball and things like that. But um, started playing club in, in high school, went to a big public high school after going to a small private middle school. So I had a lot of fun getting to know everybody um, and just started to learn that I am one of the most competitive people that, that I know and, and just liked the competition piece of it. You played in college. When did you start to think you wanted to get into coaching? Yeah, I, uh, I had the experience that a lot of people do where I, um, I played my first two years of college and then ended up uh, transitioning into a student assistant role for a variety of reasons, but thought that, um, you know, I lost my identity and who was I if I was not a volleyball player? And my coach, Becky Schmidt, is uh, an absolute rock star and uh, immediately saw my love for the program. I just had a ton of love for uh, Hope Volleyball and wanted to do anything I could to make the program better. And um, so she took me to convention my junior year of college, which is really young to be going to convention. And I mean, I was just hooked immediately. Hope is in Michigan, right? So you grew up in Austin, went to Michigan for college, and you've been kind of traveling around the country ever since. What's your journey been like? <laughs> it's been uh, filled with a lot of volleyball. I mean, honestly, that's my uh, 
I love my job. I love coaching volleyball and I uh, want to win the national championship at the Division Three level. Hope won the national championship the year after I graduated, which was the most bittersweet uh, feeling. So incredibly happy uh, for the program, but also it was something um, I didn't know that I needed for, for life and for this career was that motivation being so close, um, you know, but, and seeing that experience. Uh, but yeah, I mean, moving around has been awesome. Have met some amazing people and, uh, have some people who are like family out in Oregon and, um, yeah, I mean, I just, I feel so lucky to be able to have a career that, that allows me to, um, you know, explore different places and immerse myself in the program that I'm a part of and, and the institution and have been a part of some great institutions too. And so just so excited to, to start that journey off here at Bates. What do you know about the NESCAC? Because you have not been in the NESCAC until now. I have not been in the NESCAC. I happen to know a couple of the NESCAC coaches pretty well. And uh, I mean, they're just fantastic women. And um, I, I helped my assistant, ended up getting a graduate assistant job in the NESCAC here. Um, and just uh, amazing things to say about the conference, obviously, uh, the prestige and, you know, the academic excellence along with the athletic excellence. I mean, volleyball is doing some big things in the NESCAC and, um, you know, on the national stage and, and getting up there to Elite Eights, Final Fours, and just excited to, you know, push Bates to the next level and, and raise that ceiling even more. And you've probably noticed how Bates in the past has had some great volleyball teams, late 80s, early 90s, Marsha Graff, when she was the head coach. I know Marsha was a big influence on our previous head coach, Melissa Duran. What are your thoughts on kind of the history of Bates volleyball? I think it's crucial. What was it, the 1989 team, I believe, yeah. that awesome season? And, um, you know, one source of confidence is vicarious experience and, and having so much amazing history within our program is so great to draw from and lean on and see that, you know, we've got it, we've got the tools and um, we've got an amazing, you know, freshman class coming in here along with some awesome returners and just excited to see this program, you know, shape our, our culture, continue to shape it and build it. and. Um, you know, do big things, but I think the thing that I'm the most proud of in the coaching world is when I see the student athletes believe in themselves the same way that we believe in them. I mean, we all believe in them, right? Like you and me and the coaches and things like that. Um, but when they start to believe it and really, really understand that their hard work is paying off, I think it's amazing. Uh, you mentioned the returnees and some of the newcomers also. Obviously, there was no season last year, so half your team are basically newcomers but what have the zooms been like we're looking forward to the students returning uh within a week or so but what have the zooms been like so far for you meeting them digitally yeah awesome um i think i'm well i know that i can be a lot and pretty loud and energetic and uh you know obviously meeting over a zoom screen is so interesting meeting your coach over over the computer um but it's been great to get to know them both on the team front, but also a little bit more individually. Got to talk to some of them while I was driving across the country in the Prius. So um, that, that was great. And it just seems like there's so much excitement and, um, you know, something that I pressed on last year during COVID and will obviously continue to is just gratitude all the time. I mean, like we have so much to be thankful for and to be able to even be coming to campus this fall and to get into the gym and to practice and compete is, um, you know, we should understand how much we have to be thankful for and, and um, we're going to get to work. One thing we often talk about here is the Bates community and how special it is. In terms of within a team, what's your approach in building kind of a community within the team, if you will? 
Yeah, I uh, am a big Brene Brown fan, Abby Wambach fan, and um, definitely just kind of draw from, from their words and uh, wisdom there. And um, I also look to the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team a lot as to like kind of an ideal culture and um, what that looks like. They do a really good job of just understanding who they are as teammates and as women and as women leaders um, and really capitalizing on each other's strengths and um, you know, celebrating each other's wins. And so just really big on, on building trust and respect, kind of one marble at a time. We talk about like a marble jar analogy. Um, but understanding that, that takes work and um, really just kind of making making sure that we have the buy-in from everyone that this is going to be a transformative experience you know it's it's not always going to be positive the struggle is so necessary um, but that that we're going to get through it you know and uh, go on this journey together and that we're going to be able to look on back on this and be so proud of what we've accomplished at Lewis and Clark, I saw that you inherited a team when your first year as head coach there, first year head coach anywhere, if I believe, you'd inherited a team that only won, I think, two matches the previous season, pulled off a big turnaround. I think they had a winning record your first year. What was that process like? How, I mean, you don't need to do that here at Bates. Bates has been pretty solid the past few seasons, but what was that turnaround process like for you? Um, I, I'll always be so incredibly thankful for that experience to uh, – you know, I had the autonomy to recruit when I was the in the interim role there, and I ended up bringing in an absolute incredible class, and and they know how incredible I think they are. And um, it was a class of eleven. It was it was nine true freshmen and two transfers, and that along with the rising seniors, you know, class and other returning members of that team. Um, it's just all about culture, I think, you know, and pride. Pride was a really big thing and understanding that in order to be proud of, of what you're doing, you've got to put in the work to, to um, implement that and maintain that. And, um, and so once we you know, kind of got that belief going and, and we started out 7-0 and that year and um, the talent was there, right? It's just it's a, a belief and a buy-in to the, to the hard work that it takes. And um, that team did it, and it was amazing to see. And, uh, you know, we continued to raise our standards, not only uh, from the coaches, but also obviously within the team. I think that was one of the things that I was the most proud of was seeing them hold each other to this high bar um, and doing it out of love and respect for each other. Terrific. Well, any other thoughts you wanted to share about um, what you're most looking forward to maybe here for your first year at Bates? Uh, so many things. I mean, I am, I'm so excited to get on the road and, uh, you know, we start off on the road a little bit here with a couple of matches, um, get preseason started, get us all, like you said, we have so much newness in this program and that's going to be just amazing to be able to, you know, kind of build on that together and, and get to know each other individually and then get to know who we are as a team. Now this team is only this team for this year. Um, you know, and then focus on, on goals and, and visions and understanding where we want to go for each other. And, um, yeah, just can't wait. Can't wait to get to work. Awesome. Emily Hayes, thank you so much for joining us on the Bobcast, and welcome to Bates. Thank you so much, Aaron. Renee Olson comes to Bates from Division One Elon University, where she served as an assistant women's lacrosse coach the past two years. But her roots are in the NESCAC. She competed at Trinity and started her coaching career at Bates rival Colby as an assistant. Now, Olson begins her head coaching career at Bates. How did you first find out about the Bates opportunity? What appealed to you about coming up here to Lewiston? Uh, I mean, I just kind of heard through the grapevine. Um, I mean, I know I know the old coach pretty well, so um, just kind of heard that he was looking to, to 
like spend some more time in his club program. So I had heard about it and I emailed Celine Cunningham right away. Um, you know, I was interested from the start. Uh, love Maine. Um, I love the NESCAC. So, you know, just being back in the NESCAC, being back in Maine was, was pretty important to me. Um, definitely excited. And I know you coached the last couple years there at Elon Division One, but there weren't too many games, right? I mean, what was that experience kind of like for you? Yeah, it was interesting. The first year we had about five games, I think, and it was, we had had just a, a rough loss, but we were like getting really excited for our next game and then it kind of all, all ended. Um, but it was fun, it was, it was an awesome experience. I got the non-traditional season, which was nice. Um, so I was able to kind of have that fall ball practice kind of schedule. Um, and then this past year, I mean, we had a pretty normal season. We were lucky. Um, we had about 12 games, I think, or maybe more. Um, and it felt pretty normal. We, we wore masks and everything, but you know, it was really great having an, an actual season, being able to kind of get that under my belt before coming up here. And this will be your first head coaching role. So from your time as an assistant, both in the NESCAC and at the Division One level, what do you kind of learn from watching the head coaches you've worked under that you're going to apply to uh, this role now? A lot of leadership things. Um, you know, we've, I've read a couple books with some coaches that I've worked with um, and done some, some group activities that I'm really looking forward to bringing here. Um, and then obviously just kind of learning from how they talk to, the, to our athletes um, biggest thing that I've learned most recently is, you know, keeping it even cool um, throughout kind of the whole season. That way when things do go wrong and you kind of are still staying um, grounded, uh, athletes respond really well. And you mentioned um, team activities, group activities. Uh, we often talk about, you know, how great the Bates community is. How do you envision yourself going about building a community within the team? Yeah, I mean, I think that was one of the coolest things about joining the team. I, I had individual Zooms with all the girls before, um, obviously, they get back on campus, and they've made me feel so welcome already. So I think that there's already that kind of culture of inclusiveness, supportiveness, um, and I think just continuing to foster those relationships is, um, is going to be the key to, to creating that culture. So um, you mentioned non-traditional season at Division One. NESCAC has tweaked the rules. They did it last year where now you can start working with the women right away, right? So how excited are you to get out there on Garcelon Field in a few weeks here? I'm beyond excited. I think, again, unique position, me, my first head coaching position after COVID. Everyone is just excited and gearing up to go. So I think I am beyond lucky to have this non-traditional season. Um, and everyone's just really excited to play lacrosse. Certainly. Well, take us back to when you were growing up. How did you first get involved with lacrosse? I think I just played every sport that my brother played. Uh, so one of our neighbors actually across the street from where I grew up, he played at Gettysburg. So we kind of just shot around in his backyard, um, and that's kind of how I started playing lacrosse. And you played at Trinity, right? What do you remember about your time in the NESCAC as a player? <sighs> I mean, every game was a battle. I think that's the most fun part about the conference in general is that every game you know it's, it's not like one team is going to win I think there's there's always that level of kind of just competition that that's always there and it's really exciting because you can go into any game thinking you know we're going to win this um and then just kind of battle it out what do you remember about your games against Bates and our uh, previous head coach Brett Allen <laughs> <laughs> well um I think it was my junior year we lost to Bates uh, at home at Trinity, so uh, that was definitely tough. Um, but you know they've always been an aggressive team, um, and I'm really excited because I think that that's kind of uh, something that they still have. So you know, 
just continuing to be aggressive, working hard all over the field. And you mentioned you, you, you know Brett and uh, the lacrosse coaching community, women's lacrosse in particular. How, how tight is it? Does everyone pretty much know everybody? Yeah, I mean, I'd say everyone knows everyone, and especially in the NESCAC. I mean, the Williams coach, she was an assistant at Middlebury and Amherst. Um, the Trinity head coach now, she played at Bowdoin and was the assistant at Trinity. You know, so we all know each other very well, and we're all kind of interconnected in some way. So it's definitely a nice community to be in. When you were playing, when did you start getting the thought, I want to coach after I graduate? That's a really good question. I mean, I don't think there was ever a specific moment. Um, I was finishing up school and I had a senior all-star game um, and the Colby coach who ended up being my boss was my coach for that game. So she kind of asked our team if anyone wanted to coach after college and you know, I thought about it and I was like, that actually sounds pretty cool. So I uh, ended up getting a job with her um, and it kind of has been never, you know, never looked back. What do you think is going to be the biggest transition, I guess, going from assistant coach to head coach? I mean, there's definitely a lot of aspects, um, but I think it's just really, you know, kind of staying like even cool, keeled. Um, I think that's really important. Um, but I think, you know, just communicating with the parents, communicating with other sides of um, campus uh, that I, you know, had previously just kind of seen my head coach do. So, you know, just fostering those relationships. How are you going to put kind of your spin on it, if you will, uh, leave your stamp on things? Have you thought about that? I haven't really yet. Um, I mean, the girls already know I'm super competitive, so they're they're looking forward to that, and uh, I think that'll be kind of my stamp. And for Bates, obviously there was a short season last year, but the team really hasn't played a full season since uh, 2019. Um, is that That's kind of an extra challenge for you, isn't it? For sure, and again, I think, you know, they're just really excited to play lacrosse, so I think that... Um, even though it's been a while, they're they're just really ready to go. Um, so I think that you know having the non-traditional season will be a real big help for us. Great. Well, any other thoughts you want to share about uh, your experience so far? You know, uh, here at Bates and what your hopes are for the future here. Uh, Garcelon Field in the middle of campus is the best thing ever, and I'm just excited to play in the middle of campus. There you go, Renee. Thank you so much for joining us on the Bobcats. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Go Bobcats. Next time on the Bates Bobcast, we'll introduce you to our two new golf coaches and continue to get fans ready for the fall sports season, which starts in early September. That's next time on the Bates Bobcast. Bye.